The homicide units taped a do not enter sign on the door leading to the now boarded up second floor apartment here at 158 Mallory Avenue. This says the medical examiner concluded 52-year-old Michael Galdieri was actually the victim of multiple stab wounds prior to Thursday night's alleged arson. Residents shocked to hear this investigation shifting to homicide. Oh, that's great. That's, that's something. Oh, my God. Tony and others here say it's a safe area. Hard to imagine this happening. It's getting better. It's been getting better. That's, that's, uh, that's unbelievable. I don't believe that. And prosecutors say so far no motive and no arrests. Who murdered Michael Gaudieri? Gaudieri, a New Jersey state senator's son, mysteriously died on May 22, 2014. Michael, a lifelong resident of Jersey City, New Jersey, was described as a nice guy who would give you the shirt off his back if you needed help. Like all of us, he had his demons, but he worked hard and overcame them, said former Assemblyman Louis Manzo. Louis Manzo, also from Jersey City, New Jersey, served as a Democrat in the New Jersey General Assembly from 2004 to 2008, where he represented the 31st Legislative District. He then ran unsuccessfully for mayor of Jersey City. Now, Michael worked on many Manzo campaigns, also serving briefly as a legislative aide to Manzo. Now, let's talk about those demons everyone has. Manzo was one of 44 people arrested on July 23, 2009, as part of Operation Bid Rig, a joint operation of the FBI, IRS, and U.S. Attorney General's Office for the District of New Jersey. And this investigation was into corruption and money laundering. Manzo was charged with taking $27,500 in corrupt cash payments for use in his failed Jersey City mayoral campaign. Manzo was charged with two counts of extortion under the Federal Hobbs Act. But in May 2010, U.S. District Court Judge Jose Linares dismissed the charges, ruling that the act only applies to elected officials and because Manzo at the time of his charges was no longer an elected official, the judge dismissed the extortion charges. Manzo then faced two counts of violating the Travel Act, charging him with crossing state lines to commit a crime and two counts of failing to report to authorities that others were collecting bribes. On February 17, 2012, all remaining charges against Manzo were dismissed by Judge Linares. No actual reason given. Michael Gaudieri was stabbed to death in his second floor apartment at 158th Mallory Street in Jersey City, New Jersey. The building was then set on fire, triggering a 911 call to the scene. Hudson County Acting Prosecutor Gaetano Gregory announced a short time after the fire was put out that Gaudieri, who was 52 at the time, had been stabbed to death before the blaze occurred, which to me seems extremely odd considering an autopsy hadn't yet been performed, so how would a prosecutor know that? But the fire was reported at 9.30 p.m. The second story of the building was engulfed in flames when the Jersey City Fire Department arrived. Michael was found on the second floor and pronounced dead at approximately 10.35 p.m. No one else was injured by the fire and Gaudieri was the only one in the building when firefighters arrived. Now, that's extremely odd. It was 9.30 at night. Where was everyone else? How, how could a whole apartment building be cleared out, especially at 9.30 at night? Michael Gaudieri's father was the late former Senator James A. Gaudieri and had represented Jersey City in the state Senate, replacing State Senator Dave Friedland in 1980 after Friedland was convicted of racketeering. <laughs> yep, this, it, it truly is the Soprano State. James Gaudieri was part of a law firm that represented Jersey City Housing Authority and Hoboken Housing Authority at times. 
He did pass away in 2009 before this occurred. James Galdieri's own father, James J. Galdieri, had served a year in the New Jersey Assembly in the 1930s. Michael went to St. Peter's Prep with William O'Day. O'Day, a now Hudson County Freeholder Commissioner, who is also the Elizabeth Development Company Executive Director, O'Day was two years ahead of Michael in school. Michael lived on Kensington Avenue growing up, and O'Day lived on Fairview Avenue just a couple blocks away. Michael worked on O'Day's 1989 council re-election, and according to O'Day, Michael loved politics. He could analyze it all day. And that might go back to his very early roots because of his father and grandfather in New Jersey politics. But generally, Michael was known to be a low-key guy, you know, a backroom strategist type. On November 30th, 2017, O'Day had a near collision with another motorist in Jersey City. He told the other motorist to pull over. According to the driver of the other car, O'Day flashed a badge at him, something that O'Day went on to deny doing. But there was a video of the confrontation taken by the other motorist. While the badge is not actually visible in the video, the other driver asks O'Day if he is a cop. O'Day responded to the question, No, but they work for me. I'm in charge of the sheriff's department. A sheriff's officer arrived afterwards but did not issue a summons to either driver. Now that's also weird because in New Jersey, sheriff's officers, they are not patrolling and they're not taking 911 calls or on the road. So the fact that he even was the one that showed up to the scene is odd to me. Michael did help in many campaigns, including Mayor Brett Schundler's campaign. And most recently, before his death, he was working with Sean Cattle's political consulting group. He worked on a couple of elections in Elizabeth and one against Mayor Bullwidge and then one for Ray Lesniak the next year. Following the footsteps of his father and grandfather, Michael had his own political aspirations and was a candidate for Jersey City Council in Ward B in 2005. He ran against the political machine dominated by then-Mayor Jeremiah Healy. On the eve of Michael's election, he was arrested for drugs and weapons charges. He claimed he was set up, but agreed to a plea deal that reduced his time in jail. That plea deal he would later try and recant, but to no avail. Those who know him said he struggled with drugs, but the weapons charge was just bogus. It wasn't his style, one source said. He was sentenced to prison in 2007. After sentencing, he unsuccessfully tried to tell the judge that the drugs he was caught with were for personal use, not for dealing, and also unsuccessfully tried to back out of the plea deal. He ended up spending two years in prison of a five-year bid. When he got out of prison, he moved to Mallory Avenue in Jersey City, just a few streets over from where he'd grown up. And he was pretty quiet and kept mostly to himself, only taking trips to Gary's Sweet Shop. So why would anyone want to kill him? Those who knew him suggest he was having money problems, but were unaware if he was involved with drugs again. He owned a valuable painting his dad gave him, one source said. It might have been related to that. Now, no sources have come out and said whether the painting was located in the, in the apartment after the fire or not. Michael was a kind-hearted gentleman that would help anyone in the community. According to a release by the funeral home, he was very passionate about politics and was a consultant for many elected officials. Other sources said he was very involved with block associations in the city and encouraging strong relationships between the local residents and police. Even with all those political ties, somehow the case went cold, which from the looks of it means no one really investigated it. 
That was until 2022, when federal authorities announced Sean Cattle, a political consultant and one-time aide to former state Senator Raymond Lesniak, admitted hiring two men to kill a Hudson County man in May of 2014. Cattle, who was 44 at the time, pleaded guilty to one count of conspiracy to commit murder for hire, admitting he paid thousands to two men for killing a man who worked on Cattle's political campaigns and then setting fire to the man's home. The victim was not initially identified by authorities, but a press release said the murder happened in Jersey City on May 22nd in 2014. That night, Michael Galdieri, who worked on campaigns for Lesniak and Mayor Christian Bullidge and with Cattle's consulting group, was found stabbed to death in his Jersey City home after it had been set ablaze. So pretty self-explanatory, even without the publication of the perpetrator and the victim. I think everybody could kind of narrow down who the victim was. The next day, authorities said Cattle, after the night of the murder, met with one of the men he hired in the parking lot of an Elizabeth diner to pay him thousands of dollars. The two men Cattle admitted hiring were not originally identified. Cattle was a longtime political operative in Union County and close ally of Lesniak, a Democrat who credited Cattle with turning his political career around. Lesniak said he was stunned to learn of the charges. I'm close to him. I was fond of him. I thought he was a great political talent. He turned around my election fortunes. One year I won by 800 votes, and after I brought him on, I won by 4,500 votes. Lesniak said this is just mind-boggling, which I'm sure it's not mind-boggling, but that's just what his people told him to say. Sean Cattle, a longtime Democratic consultant in New Jersey, pleaded guilty in January of 2022 to hiring two people to murder his former associate, Michael Galdieri. Cattle, a former aide to Democratic State Senator Ray Lesniak, operated a network of shady super PACs that poured money into local races throughout New Jersey. He was also implicated in an ACORN-linked voter fraud scandal in Texas. Cattle was scheduled to be sentenced in June of 2022, but that hearing was postponed until December, and that, so that hasn't happened yet. And this was amid reports that the Democratic operative was cooperating with federal authorities. George Bratsenis, a 73-year-old former Marine with a penchant for violent crime, and it, that included drug dealing, armed robbery, and murder, returned to federal court February of 2022 to plead guilty to the contract killing of a Hudson County political operative. Court is a familiar setting for Mr. Bratsenis, who is also familiar with prison. His Tarantino-esque odyssey spans at least three states and Canada and includes the killing of a drug courier known as the Turk. And he also has ties to organized crime, and there was a bizarre failed jailbreak bid. But his admission brought no further clarity to the still mysterious murder for hire of Michael Gaudieri that was paid for in cash by Democratic consultant Sean Cattle, who had already pled guilty. Bratsenis brought in an accomplice with a lengthy criminal record. His name, Bomani Africa. The two men made their way to Gaudieri's apartment on Mallory Avenue in Jersey City, May of 2014, where they stabbed Gaudieri multiple times and set his apartment ablaze. Investigators say Sean Cattle met with Bratsenis the following day, and he was the one he paid in that Elizabeth Diner parking lot. Cattle's older brother, James Cattle Jr., was in the same New Jersey State Prison for more than three years with one of the men allegedly hired by Cattle to do the job. 
According to the Corrections Department records, James Cattle, Sean's brother, served time for kidnapping, burglary, and robbery in Northern State Prison in Newark from January of 2007 through April of 2010. Meanwhile, Sean Cattle has been cooperating in an ongoing investigation on matters that have yet to be disclosed. He signed on as a cooperating witness, his attorney Edwin J. Jacobs told the U.S. District Judge John Michael Vasquez in Newark during Cattle's plea proceeding. Cattle, who in fact secretly agreed to plead guilty months ago, was never even taken into custody. And on a charge that carries a presumption of life in prison, he still roams free. Now, I think he did have to pay a hefty bail, um, but still, most of the time, there is no bail given to a murder crime. And also, Cattle could serve far less time if he satisfies all the terms of his plea deal. Federal prosecutors have agreed to recommend a sentence of 12 and a half to 25 years based on his cooperation. Now, I don't know where the federal prosecutors really come into play in a, in a state murder, but apparently they do in this case. The details of Mr. Galdieri's murder prompted the son of a prominent New Jersey couple, John and Joyce Sheridan, who were murdered in September of 2014, and it, their death still remains unsolved, saw a connection in these two murders. Mark Sheridan wrote a letter to law enforcement stating that his parents, like Mr. Galdieri, were also found dead in their home in 2014, and they had been stabbed, and then a fire had been set, triggering a 911 call by a neighbor. Now, the authorities have said there's no evidence linking these deaths and have declined further comment, but I mean, what, what other evidence would be needed? It's the same exact criteria, the same year, the same cause of death, same fire set, but we're just going to say, and both men are actually in the background of politics, but... No, no, no link to either crime. Stabbing is typically a method used when a killing is personal. But who knows, maybe these stabbings were being used as a form of torture. No one knows how much time was spent between the stabbing and the starting of the fires. And that's in both cases. To me, there has to be more to both stories because I'm just not buying any of the BS we've been told so far. So let's ask ourselves some questions because it doesn't seem like investigators are asking these pertinent questions. But why all of a sudden did Sean Cattle come forward in 2022? Why has he received such leniency? Why was Michael Gaudieri's death, as well as the Sheridan's, seemingly never investigated? I mean, was there no camera footage of any of it? There was an exchange in a diner parking lot, and there was there's an apartment building, and this is 2014. So there's no camera footage at all. How did the rest of the tenants in the building seemingly not weren't there for the fire? What happened to that expensive painting? And again, we have yet to hear a motive. What was the motive in contract killing this gentleman? I would love to know those answers. And I also would err on the side of cautions and, and say that maybe New Jersey politics has gotten to a point of no return. But I'm curious how many other crimes have gone unnoticed or buried that revolve around the political operatives in the state or politics in general. If this gentleman, who was a state senator's son, if his investigation was seemingly buried and other political somebodies, their investigations are being buried, then what about just the regular people? What, what do you think is going to happen to the regular people in New Jersey?